Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the American Safeguard Insurance Studios. Your hosts, Matt McJunkins and Matt Wilcox, your source for Arkansas high school sports. You are now Between the Mats. And it is another great day here in the American Safeguard Insurance Studio. I am Matt McJunkins. Just across the table from me is the great Matt Wilcox. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, Junk. How are you, my man? I'm doing great, man. It's week two of season two, but not episode two. <laughs> Episodes three and four this week That's because right. we are now two times a week. Yeah. Got 7A behind us, and now we're on to 6A football. Yeah, man. 7A was awesome. 7A was great. I had some, some wonderful interviews with the coaches. Really did, and I, I didn't have a lot of expectation just because I don't – me following 7A is just keeping up with it. Right. You know, because I don't have anybody playing, uh, you know, any allegiance, I guess you'd say. But, man, blown away by the interviews. Sure, you bet. And uh, it didn't disappoint this week either. No, it did not, <laughs> man. 6A West, of course, you know, some great football teams in the West. There he is. And uh, some great interviews we had. So – Greenwood, obviously last year, just dominated. The football factory. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, you're going to see in this interview with Coach uh, Chris Young, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Coach Chris Young, that uh, the things that they do are the things that change a culture or that create a culture that uh, build it from the ground up, from – the young age, and make it more than just coming out for football. That's correct. And, I mean, it's not, it's a common thread. We talked about this a little bit last year, that some of your most successful programs in this state all have that thing in common, that they start and they invest early on in their, in their young kiddos. And they create that culture at a young age, and it just continues to grow year after year after year. And it's no coincidence that these programs – win at a high level and all that does is create more of a culture of kids wanting to be a part of it and doesn't it just make sense it does and and i don't know if it's if it's that coaches that that don't know any better or coaches don't have the energy or the passion to invest that much time yeah i i don't know what the what the reason is behind it but not not very many of them do it no and that's where i was going with that question is investment and everything you do that means anything you invest something in Mm -hmm. whether it's your job you invest into you know education learning more whatever it takes to get better at your job whether it's spending time with your kids you invest in them at an early age to to teach them and be human good human beings good christians and then you look at all they're doing is what makes sense. Sure. And they're investing in the future of their program at an early age. You know, the first time that I'd heard of, of something like this taking place is back when my, my defense, defensive backs coach, when I was at Greenbrier, his name was Todd Barnes. And, yeah. And then he went to Stuttgart and worked under Brad Bolding. I believe it's Brad. No, it's not Brad. What's the other Bolding's name that coaches at Whitehall now? I don't know. Anyway, he he coached under him while he was at Stuttgart. 
and he did a fantastic job of building a culture there as far as you know they would they would leave and go to a camp outside of outside of Stuttgart for a week before two a day started and you know they they built some camaraderie and built some unity and as far as the team goes and you know they just did some different things like that to create that that culture and they ended up going to the state championship finished runner up um I actually went and watched them that year I had to play D'Angelo Williams in the state finals <laughs> yeah and uh but you know He's he's been successful everywhere he's been, right? Because he builds that culture and he invests in younger kids and he does the things outside of just running practices. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's some things that it's what it takes. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and, and no surprise the result that it brings. Right. So uh, let's get to the interview. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh this is head coach Chris Young from Greenwood uh, they finished first in the conference last season and of course they went undefeated and won a state championship uh, he took over his first year in the program for legendary coach Rick Jones who has moved on to an offensive analyst for the Missouri Tigers well, isn't that awesome yeah that's awesome so um, yeah let's listen to coach uh, Chris Young all right all right, here on Between the Mats, we are live here with Coach Chris Young at Greenwood High School with the Greenwood Bulldogs. How you doing, Coach Young? Doing great. Great. It's good to hear that, Coach. I'm here with Matt Wilcox. Coach, before we get started, I got to tell you something. When you guys played in the championship last year, I took my eight-year-old Clint down there. Now, Clint, me and Matt, we're, we're from Greenbrier. Matt's son's a quarterback at Greenbrier. Our kids are Panthers. They love Panthers. But when I took Clint down, he's a, he's a football guy. When I took him down there to War Memorial to watch y'all play like Hamilton, I didn't know if I, he's going to be a Panther when we left. <laughs> we sat on y'all's side, just a few rows back from the field, and he was screaming for the for uh, for Greenwood as loud as anybody y'all had over there. <laughs> well, I've got some good swings down in Greenbrier, so we we thank all of that community. But you told us soon. He's always welcome down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Coach. So, uh, returning state champions, uh, that's not a real rare thing over there in Greenwood. Uh, impressive, though, that, Coach, your first year in there, taking over a, a storied program with a storied coach, that you came over there and just picked up and nobody missed a beat. Yeah, you know, we're fortunate in this community. We've got great support, uh, not only for our athletic programs, but our school. And, uh, you know, they put us in a position to be successful. We had a very talented group last year, kids, had an outstanding coaching staff, and, and uh, you know, those guys are where all the credit goes. Well, Coach, talk to us a little bit about, uh, first of all, I want to know where y'all hide the factory over there that you make your football players because it seems like every year you guys just produce uh, talented football players and just – it's a machine. So, um, talk to us a little bit about the tradition that coach uh, that coach um, built before you, and just kind of how you're taking over and, and running with that. Yeah, you know, we we run a program called Fast Dogs in the morning, four days a week during the summer, and uh, had that this morning, and then we've got 500 kids uh, from third grade to 12th grade working out every day with us. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, our community supports that. You know, we have parents to get the kids there at 6 a.m. to work out uh, throughout the summer. They make sure they're there on a regular basis. You know, we have a very high 
uh, participation percentage of our kids are there every day. And uh, it, it's just an example. Our kids learn early on that they're expected to be there every day. They learn early on to, to put their foot in the white. Uh, they learn early on that, that uh, we're going to work hard and we expect them to be at 100% of our teams. And, and I really think that that program uh, has given us an opportunity to touch kids at, at an early age and, and really build uh, – some things into them that once they get into junior high and once they get into high school, they know our expectations and, and we get the most out of them. Uh, we obviously have very good football players, uh, but I think we, we've done a good job of getting everything out of our kids. And uh, it's a special place to be. Uh, they love football around here and, and they support us and, and it starts at an early age. Well, Coach, that's awesome to hear. And I, I've actually ran the Pee Wee program in Greenbrier for the last nine years. And so I'm a firm believer of, of starting these guys at a young age and teaching them the proper way to play. And we talked about it a little bit on our podcast last year that it's not a coincidence that programs like yourselves and, and PA and, and some of these programs that have had so much success invest early in their players. Yeah, you know, PA is a great example of it. They do what they do. And, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer. I don't think it necessarily matters what we do. I think it's how we do it. You know, I think we could be successful here running the football and, and running the dead team uh, because I, I think what it's not what you do, it's how you do it. It's holding kids accountable. It's getting good at what you do. And, uh, you know, obviously we change what we do year in and year out, uh, but it's based on our personnel. But, but I really believe that. I, I think if our philosophy was running the football, I think we could be successful here doing that. And, uh, you know, you see that throughout the state. You look at Silver Hills, what Chris Hill did there last year. Uh, you know, guys that are good at what they do, they're successful. And they don't make excuses. Uh, they know what they expect from their players, and, and they hold them accountable. Coach, I'm going to have to say a great uh, – one thing I really I really like what you said, and Matt was, was saying the same thing, you know, the, the – the commitment these these people are, are putting in the, or not just the commitment but the the attendance. You you said you had five hundred kids coming out to work out. You know you don't see that everywhere. You, you see that in places like Greenwood and Bryant and Nashville. You know places where everybody that's a male comes out and plays football wants to be a part of it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you have to provide a product that makes them want to be there, you know. And we we talked to our coaches this summer about, hey, we got to make it fun, you know. We got to make sure they're competing, and we got to work their tail off. But at the same time, we got to have a product out there that they want to be a part of. And, and you know, we got young ladies participating in our fastball program. We sure. have baseball players. We have basketball players. We have soccer players. Uh, we're training kids, and and hopefully one day. They decide to play football and be bulldogs. Uh, but we think what we have to offer can benefit everybody. You know, we think we teach kids a little bit of discipline. And we teach them to be accountable. And we teach them to do the little things right. And uh, we also think if we coach them hard enough and we care about them and we develop that relationship with them, that we will get them down the road, uh, you know, to play football and be a part of a program. That's awesome to hear. Well, Coach, talk to us a little bit about what you got coming back this year, some of your strengths and weaknesses, and, and kind of what you expect out of your team this year. Yeah, you know, we're still filling things out right now. Obviously, we had nine kids that signed with college programs last year, so we lost some really, really good football players. But we're excited about the kids we have coming back, and we're excited about our young kids. Uh, offensively, we've got two really good quarterbacks that we feel like we can win with. Uh, Hunter Houston is a, will be a junior 
and uh, you know started a game last year for us week three against Choctaw that was in the 6A finals and, and he won that game played great and then in the playoffs he comes in against Mountain Home in the second round and quarterback goes down and he goes 11 for 12 for four touchdowns so uh you know he's a three-sport guy he's a basketball player he's a baseball player he's just a competitor and uh we're excited about him think he has a chance to be special and then Slade Dean the sophomore uh really understands our offense he's got a big arm uh you know very intelligent kid hard-working kid he's out there throwing every day uh so we feel like those two guys can can both be successful and Hunter right now is is in front but uh you know we feel good about the both of them wide receiver wise i think we've got two of the top kids in the state uh luke brewer had over a thousand yards of season last year and uh, he's back had over 100 yards in the first half of the championship game explosive kid that can go up and get it and, and can actually take the short ball and take it to the house and then aiden kimmon uh last year took in a year Big, strong, physical kid. Uh, same thing. He he plays basketball. He plays baseball. He plays football. Three sports stars starting off on. And uh, but he's a big, strong, athletic kid that when he gets in the perimeter, of course, the safeties aren't going to tackle him. So, um, you know, with the quarterback and receivers, we feel good about that. Locking out, standing running back. Set up the we had around here. Uh, Hunter Wilson. He's at Arkansas Tech now. And we're going to replace that position probably by committee. Uh, we got three guys, got a guy, Javon Williamson, that, that was here and moved to Fort Smith and came back. A uh, talented kid that played at Southside last year running back. Uh, Cameron Crone, a good player for us last year, got a lot of reps and had a knee injury in the middle of the year. Missed the second half. He's back. Uh, and then Dylan Tucker moved in uh, from out of state. Big, strong, physical a running back, and so we think those three guys will kind of fill that position by committee. Up front on the offensive line, uh, I went out last year. I think one of the best things I did was hire coaches, and uh, you know we had a couple positions open and hired Coach Watson as offensive coordinator, and, and he moved off to Elkins and took that job and got his first head coaching job. But Austin Morton, my offensive line coach, played Arkansas State. Uh, just completely changed the culture of our of our football team last year, which is the physicality and had a little bit of nastiness about him and did an unbelievable job with our offensive line. Uh, we got two guys coming back that started last year, and we're probably going to start four seniors up there. So excited about the possibility of having a really good offensive line. So we feel good offensively. feel like we're going to be physical and, and be able to protect our quarterback up front, and then we think we have playmakers that, that can make plays once the quarterback gets them the ball. Uh, defensively, uh, got about five starters back there. Uh, up front, Tyler Crosno and Landon Kilgore will be two really good defensive linemen. Both those guys played a lot of snaps last year, and, and they'll be as good as there is in our league up front. Feel really good about our linebacker core. Uh, got two of those guys coming back. Parker Gill, our defensive coordinator's son, and uh, Colt OMB, who had over 100 tackles last year. Those guys are really, really solid. And then two new guys that we're excited about. Evan Williams, a great-looking kid, athletic, going to be a junior, can really play side-to-side. Side. Uh, and then Louis Honkala is, a, is our fourth linebacker. And, and once again, same thing, big, strong, athletic kid. So I think our linebackers have a chance to be the strength of our football team. Uh, you got a good mix of, of athleticism and size and strength. And I uh, feel good about those guys. In the secondary, uh, got to move in from Southside. Levi Russell started two years there, and 
and moved it over with his dad and, and uh, moved to Greenwood, besides by him at the corner. And then Colin Daggett is a three-year starter at corner. And obviously, when you got a guy like that, the experience that he has is invaluable. And we're really excited about Colin and not only being a great player, but a great leader for our football team as well. And then at safety, uh, we're more athletic than we've been. Storm Fury has been a quarterback, been a receiver, been a running back. Uh, we moved him to safety, and I think he has a chance to be one of those next-level guys at safety, one of the better athletes on our football team, and explosive and strong. And then Sebastian Crum, a little bit undersized, but he'll hit you. He, he likes the physical part of the game. And, uh, you know, so we think our secondary is going to be good too. So we're excited. We've got a lot of competition. We've got young guys that went undefeated last year in ninth grade that can help us. Uh, and I think as the season goes on, you're going to see some of those young guys really step up and, and starting to get more playing time throughout the year. And, and by the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me if we get four or five stop for starting for You know, Coach, I, I noticed when we, when we were watching the championship game, your linebackers and secondary, their pursuit to the football, which, of course, with, with the running game of Lake Hamilton, that was, that was really a, a big deal uh, and made a difference in the game. But those guys that you're talking about, that, that – that returning crew linebacker, and they—that was what really jumped out to me was their their ability to pursue and fly to the football. Yeah, you know that's a result <laughs> of our, our defense coordinator. I think Coach Gill's the best in the business, and I'm just fortunate that he's on our staff. Uh, does a great job leading our defensive staff and leading our kids. But you're exactly right, and, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier. It, it's expectations and holding them accountable. Uh, the kids know the expectation is they fly the football. They play snap the whistle. And if they don't, they're not going to be out there. And, and uh, Coach Gill and the rest of our defensive coaches do a great job of holding those guys accountable, not only on Friday night, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we're big believers at Greenwood that, that we're going to practice so hard, we're going to make the games easy. And uh, we're going to play so <laughs> fast in practice that the games are going to be easy. And I really think that's true. I think if things slow down on Friday night because yeah. we're going so fast on Monday through Wednesday, and really they can relax and play. You know, we coach hard, we coach loud, and we really get after them in practice. And I think sometimes on Friday nights, uh, they're just able to relax and get out there and play football, and, and I think it helps them. Coach, did you say that one of, one of those returning linebackers' last name was Owen B.? Owen B. Yes, sir. Is is his dad Tatum Owen B. By any chance? No, but it is a relative. Okay, it is a relative right. of him. That name stuck out to me because he we played against Greenwood. My senior year was our first year up in five A, and and uh, I think he rushed for like two hundred forty yards against us that game. <laughs> yeah. and I've, I've never Tatum forgot that name. One. Tatum was a good one to walk on at Arkansas and had a good career up there. And uh, and this 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 guy's dad was a good football player as well too. So it's good family. They understand football. Good deal. Hey, Coach, on, on, when you were talking about how hard you guys practice, you, you have to feel 100% better, like you've been freed from a cage after going through last year's season with the, the COVID season to, to having some flexibility now and being able to actually, you know, act like it's real football again, right? I'll tell you what, it's nice to be able to give a kid a hug after a big play or a high five. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's nice to be able to sit back in the locker room and just talk to him about what's going on. Uh, yeah, there were so many personal things that we weren't allowed to do. You know, we didn't have a we didn't have a team meeting all year last year. Uh, we met in small groups and and uh, we did not ever eat as a team. We we ate in small groups and spread out and tried to do things the right way to limit our our contact. But 
you know, some of that stuff's the best part about playing football. We That's missed right. Father Son. We missed a Father Son retreat last year, a really special event where our seniors and their dads go on a float trip and get to share some uh, some information with the team and talk to the team and talk to their son and. You know, that's the stuff the kids remember, uh, and we missed out on a lot of that. So we're excited. We we hope uh, we hope we're able to do some of those things this year. Well, coach, it was great talking to you. We appreciate your time. You you wouldn't happen to know a, a rascal by the name of Ty Miller up here in Greenbrier, would you? <laughs> I know Ty really well. <laughs> I tell you what, the Miller family is Ty and Tory are as good as they are, and as good as they come. And I tell you what, I guess is his boy's going to become a football player. You know, we're probably going to be in a conference with Greenbrier next year. Yeah, yeah we are. We are aware. And, uh, <laughs> so, so I'll be excited now. Ty's a, he's a good friend and a good man. And, and I tell you what, Tori, they're good people. And I'll be excited about being able to come down there and see them and, and uh, miss, miss being around those guys. They're good, good people. Hey, Coach, real quick before we get off here, I want to tell you, so that you're talking about Miles, Ty's son, being a football player. I coached with Ty. Matt, Matt's run our peewee league up here for several years, and uh, I, me and Ty coached together with, with a few other guys for four years. And uh, that team went 36-1 and one in four years. Let me tell you, especially the first couple of years, Miles was so – much better than anybody else. He, he was. It, it got to be where it was. It was. I felt. I started feeling bad for Miles because Ty would go. Out, Ty would run three plays, and if we didn't get a first down or a touchdown, he'd put Miles in for one play, and he'd go score, and then he'd take him back out. Well, you tell Ty if he's that good, he needs to go baseball only. That's right. Ty's a, Ty's a baseball guy. So take Miles baseball. That's funny. Well, All right, Coach. Well, hey, we appreciate you taking the time with us. You bet. Anytime, fellas. Y'all have a good day. You too. Good luck. All right. Well, no shocker there, Matt. I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about last week's interviews being awesome, and, and in this week doesn't disappoint either. That's right. And are you just blown away by the things that they do, the the fast dogs in the morning? Yeah. 500 kids. That's insane. I like When he said that, I just – number one, it made me nauseous because Greenberg's going to be in their conference next year. Oh. <laughs> so, to think about them having 500 kids every morning. And he talked about, you know, we teach them at an early age that we expect you to be here every morning. They build that dedication and that commitment into them at that age, and, and it just continues on. But not only that, you can just you can feel his energy and his passion in his, in his voice, and, and that's a guy that you'd want to go play for right there. Yeah, and you think about how he comes into a storied program, you know, uh, just a, a machine over there. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to be successful at some point. Sure. But to be success, to be a, a dominant champion in year one, right? It's just I don't want to say unheard of because you do see that occasionally. But it's just amazing that that you know you, you like I say they're a factory they're pumping out athletes sure. But to be able to go in there and put in a system and just win, yeah. In, in year one. Well, I think it speaks to the culture that, that Coach Jones created. Right. And, and, and you know, we're going to see another test of that this year in PA, and, and Anthony Lucas taking over after Coach Kelly has created that culture. Right. But it's not as easy to just go in there and just flip the switch on and, and win. I mean, 
even though you have the culture in place, you have to, still have to get the kids to believe in you and play for you. Yeah. And he, and he did a good job of that last year, obviously, because they won a state championship. Right. And, and you know, Buck James. Yeah. Didn't take him long, did it? No, sure didn't. But – and we've seen when, we, when we've looked at things that he's done that it's – it's about building culture. Mm-hmm. It's about getting kids in the weight room and, and getting kids to buy in. Yeah, and he mentioned it too. You know the the fast dogs thing. He t- he talked to his coaches about how we hey we've got to make this fun. I mean, if if these kids are going to come back and stay committed, it's got to be about competition. It's got to be about fun. Right. It can't just be a grind all the time. And and then he mentions the you know the the father son senior yes. senior trip and you know those are the kind of things that. That kids remember that absolutely that it's special and they want to be a part of that. Yeah. So, and that that's what builds the relationship part of it. And that's a big part of the culture is that they become a family. That's right. And you know, you got people that you work with that you are, are you know that you know that you would do things for, but your family. You die for. That's right. It's a different level. That's right. So tell us. Tell us about uh, how things finished up that last year in six A and, and kind of what we're looking at. Yeah. So you had Greenwood finishing on top. Uh, Lake Hamilton had a special year last year. Finished eleven two overall, five and one in conference. They had the two seed going into the playoffs and uh, played Greenwood a good ball game in the finals. Just uh, just ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. Yeah. So, they've got a lot returning this year. They, they could be the dark horse to, to kind of knock off Greenwood. You know, I w- went to that finals game last year, yep. and uh, they came out. I'm trying to remember how it started exactly. They, sc- I think they scored right off the kickoff. I don't think they ran it back. I, they scored quick, and then they blocked a punt and scored. They scored – It was, was it 21 points? I, I think it was twenty one points. That sounds about right. And then Greenbrier Greenwood said That's okay, enough. that's enough. <laughs> We've let you have your your moment in the sun. <laughs> it it said a lot about them too because you talk about adversity. It was one of those situations where anything that could go wrong did at the worst time of your season. Right. And uh and, and then Coach Young to be able to pull those guys together and say, All right. Yeah, we're going to take this over now. Yeah. Yep. So you had Lake Hamilton that uh, finished second. You know they're they're they've got high expectations this year. Returning uh, two all state running backs that I think combined rushed for over twenty five hundred yards last year. So uh, they run the wing tee, hard to stop. It is, and it's just uh, uh, they've got they've got some high expectations. So uh, Benton finished third. Um, you know, Coach Brad Harris. Uh, we'll we'll visit with him here here shortly. But man, they had a had a good season, but what a heartbreaker to you know to, to end the way it did and and have to have so many kids quarantined there towards the, mm. the end of the season and not get to play in the right. playoffs. I, I just can't imagine being in his shoes and having to go in that locker room and saying it's over, boys. Yeah, you know, it's just a lot like uh, what uh, North Carolina State. Yeah, in, in college baseball. That's right. I remember it just made my stomachs feel sick whenever I heard that on the radio that Benton was out. Yeah. Because if it would have been a, a school that really didn't – wasn't going to make a showing. Sure. You'd have been like, well, that stinks, you know. Yeah. But for a team like that that was geared up to make a run, I could say, man, it just kind of made my stomach drop. Yeah, and you just feel for those kids because, you know, especially those seniors. Seniors. I mean, because, man, that's 
your last football game is always hard anyway. Oh, yeah. But I can't imagine it being ripped away from you. Yeah, not getting it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the one you just played, that was it. That was it, yeah. I can't imagine either. So tell me this, your your opinion. We're seeing these teams. We saw it really in, in 6A this year running that option. The the flex bone. The flex bone. Sylvan ran it. Mm-hmm. Ran it well. Coach Patton talked about they're going to run it. Yeah. Blake Hamilton ran the wing tee. Mm-hmm. They, they ran the option. I, I, when I watched them, you know, that, that in the finals, I mean, it was big boy up the middle. Keep pitch, it, keep it, or pitch that, it. Yeah. So, are you think we're gonna? Do you think we'll see more and more of that? I think you will. You know, I think I think everything's you know cyclical. Mm. I mean, it cycles through. You know, everything used to be that way. Then it moved to the right. spread. Then it moved. You know, actually, it probably moved to the pro style. Then it yeah. moved to the spread. Now it's a lot of RPO stuff. And I think once once defenses start catching on to that, yeah. They're going to start going back to this because it's so hard to prepare for. But now that it's going, their people are going back to it. What is it any different? I'm sure there's some variations. Yeah, um, you know, I even coach, uh, oh, coach, uh, who did we talk to from Sylvan? He they based their, coach Hill. Yeah, so they based their stuff off of Harding. You know, right, and, right, and, and coach coach Pat, Patton. Coach Patton said they're going to base their their stuff off Harding because Harding's yeah. been so successful with it. I'm sure there's some variations within the the flex mode, but I, I don't know. I would probably base mine off what Magnolia did. <laughs> well, well, that's you got a situation there where you've got the offense and you cut a whole list of kids that can run a that's four, right. four, four, five. You know, yeah. Um, it's just interesting to me because in football the last twenty years, it's all been about innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the spread was innovative. It was. Spreading the ball, spreading out and throwing it. Yeah. Then it was, you know, we can also run the option out of the spread. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Gus Malzahn's kind of the one that brought that to the table. Yeah, and, and that was dominant for yeah. for four or five years. No, defenses couldn't figure it out. Yeah, but now they've starting to come. They're starting to right. figure it out a little bit. So what's what's going to be next? And then you threw in the hurry up, which was a right. Gus deal. Right. And then now the, the RPOs out of more than just the spread. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden. We're going back to what they ran in the 50s and 60s. <laughs> that's right. You know, that's what, I mean, uh, Switzer ran the, the, the wishbone. The wishbone, yeah. yeah. And that was, I mean, per, to perfection. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, when I was a senior, we played box out the second round of the playoffs. And you, if you were to look at the roster, you'd be like, there's nothing real special about these kids. There's not a lot of just tremendous athletes. Sure. There's athletes, but not just, Wow. But they didn't make they were disciplined and they ran that option. And as soon as one guy, as soon as that defensive end didn't contain because he bit inside right. or, or what you know, whatever it was to, the, to house. the house. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you think about it at, at, at the next level. I mean, you got Air Force, you got Army, mm-hmm. uh basically all your your academies that run some form of the of the option. Yeah. It's because they don't have those Six, I seven, three hundred twenty pound dudes up front. So I try. They, they've got to have some misdirection and and some, uh, you know, I you, they got to get their eyes moving in different directions so they can get an advantage some way or another. But they still have success at that. Yep. Because these other colleges don't have time to prepare for. It. That's right. Well, and you take a team like Harding. Harding's obviously the program's changed tremendously with them with their success. You know, Coach Huckabee really 
ended his career there at the at a peak level. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Simmons took over and just carried that on. And it makes sense. I was going to say that. So they're obviously getting better athletes now than probably right. they've ever got there. Right. But it makes sense for a, t- a private school who who is at a disadvantage recruiting. And it makes sense. Like, why would you try to match up head-to-head with a school, uh, like say like a Pitt State, who mm-hmm. is going to get dudes right. after dudes or a Valdosta State? Right. Why would you try to go head-to-head doing the same thing yeah. when you're outmanned maybe? Sure. But when you know you take something like this and it levels the playing field. That's right. And I think the the coaches that that get the edge up and that are successful um, year after year in high school football here here in the state of Arkansas, really around the country, are those ones that will evaluate their talent and adapt their their yeah. program to what they have instead of saying, okay, well we're going to run the spread year after year, even if we don't have the personnel to do it. Instead of evaluating what you ha- have and then adapting, and I don't think that gets done as much anymore. No. But at the end of the day, six A seven A, the spread won the championship. That's true. That's true. So let's hear. Uh, we got go Coach Harris. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to Coach Harris here. Uh, the Benton Panthers. This is his seventh year. Eighth. Oh, did he say eight? Yeah, he I'm sorry. Eight. Yeah, he yeah, did eight. say seven. Yeah, but he'd played done seven. That's yeah. right. I was looking at his records. I was figuring that. Gotcha. But he's, so he's going to his eighth. Yeah. Not a lot of coaches around for eight years anymore. No, it's it's few and far between. Yeah. So we'll go to uh, coach uh, coach Brad Harris at Benton and uh, great interview. We'll listen to that now. All right, we're live here on between the mats here with coach. Brad Harris from the Benton Panthers. Coach Harris, how you doing? Doing well today, Matt. Thanks a lot. Good, good, Coach. Hey, it's great to talk with you. Appreciate you taking the time to do that. Coach, uh, I know after having such a great great team last year, you're looking forward to getting back out there and hopefully a, an easier environment than everybody went through last year uh, with, with COVID. And I know it really hit you guys hard um, not being able to play in the playoffs. Coach, tell us a little bit about uh, – I know that was disappointing, but but looking forward to this this season and and getting past through the, through all that and, and and ready to play in twenty twenty one. Yeah, that was a it was a tough situation last year. I mean, in the season the way we did, and uh, you know, felt like we had a had an opportunity and chance to uh, make a run like we've done the past several years in the playoffs, and to have it pulled out from underneath you on Thursday before you play that week one playoff game was was a pretty tough pill to swallow. But uh, you know we. We've moved on, and uh, we've had a really good offseason. We're looking forward to the upcoming season. Uh, we're we're going to be a younger team, probably a little smaller than we've been in the past, but uh, we'll find a way to be competitive. You know, we're going to break some uh, new guys in, uh, starting with our quarterback position, and uh, we've had been fortunate the last three years to have uh, Garrett Brown, our three-year starter, and, uh, you know, we also lose a couple of good offensive linemen, and, uh, and we lose a couple of uh, uh, good defensive guys. Uh, on the defensive line, you know. So, uh, you know, we got our work cut out for us, but uh, we're excited about the upcoming season and getting it rolling. Awesome, Coach. So, uh, one thing I noticed about you guys, and in, in, in this is your seventh, seventh, going your seventh season, is that right? Yes, sir. This will be my uh, seventh season here, my 
fifth season as a head coach here. That's awesome. You know, there's just not many coaches that have been around at one place that long, you know, anymore. So that's awesome that you've really established yourself there. And, and I know that that means a lot to the, the kids you're coaching. But you guys run a 3-3 stack on defense. You, you don't see a lot of guy, a lot of guys in high school running a three-front. That's what we ran when I was at Harding. you got to have a lot of speed and guys that can move around. Right, we do, uh, you know, and that's something that, that I started playing with probably in, uh, I don't know, mid-2000s when I was at Arkadelphia. We just had a hard time uh, finding big defensive tackles, you know, for a forefront, and and uh, we moved to a three-front then, and then when I moved to Lincoln as a head coach, we uh, played with it there, and we brought it to, to uh, Benton in 2014, and it's been really successful for us, and you know, in the this, actually, this is going on my eighth year. We said seven. This would be our eighth year here, and uh, you know, it, it's been really successful for us. We put a lot of pressure on people, and we try to put as much speed on the field as possible. And I mentioned just a second ago that we're going to be smaller than we've been on the D line, and uh, you know that, that that means we've got to put some speed on the field. You know, the last couple of years we've had some uh, nice size defensive tackles or a nose guard or defensive ends, I should say. Uh, you know, but this year we're not going to be as big. We're going to be in that 220 to 230 range. Uh, so we're not going to have those big 270 guys, you know, up front like we've had in the past. So everything we do is based on speed and movements and uh, uh, some type of four or five man movements where we're bringing a linebacker or two and trying to bring pressure against uh, run game and, and pass game, you know. So uh, try to cause as much chaos and pressure to an to to offense as we can and, and create some turnovers and get the ball back for our offense. But uh, it's a fun defensive play-in. Uh, guys like the pressure and run to the football, and uh, you know that's what we try to instill in our guys here at Benton. Coach, you've done a fantastic job over there in Benton creating a, a culture and, and a program that, honestly, every year looking at the 6A, you guys are mentioned as, as one of the top teams that are going to contend for a state championship. Looking at your conference, you can just tell that, that the parity in the 6A West has, has come a long way with, with teams like Parkview coming along and now Mountain Home. And Just talk to us a little bit about, about your conference and how tough it's gotten. Well, it, it's it's a it's a tough tough league from top to bottom. You know, everybody, uh, you know, it used to be us in Greenwood, and, and uh, you know, we had Lake Hamilton's had a couple of years in there. But now, when you talk about the entire conference, you got teams like you mentioned, Mountain Home that's come in and last year kind of turned the corner. Was very competitive. Salem Springs is another team that mm-hmm. you know over the years that we've been playing them, we've seen them grow as a team and get a lot better. Coach Craig has done a tremendous job with those guys. And then you got Parkview back in the league, who is, is as athletic as any team in the state, regardless of classification. You know, That's right. they're, they're turning out some guys that are going and playing for the Razorbacks in different colleges around the state. Uh, tremendous athletes on the field. And then you got us, and you got uh, Greenwood, who is, you know, every year you mention 6A football, Arkansas high school football. You got to mention Greenwood. You know, they're they're there every year. And Coach Young has done a great job last year coming in right behind. You know, Coach Jones, and, uh, you know, they're going to be tough again this year. But I think the team that everybody needs to look for this year is uh, Lake Hamilton. Coach Giller and got a big crew back from last year. They, they run the wing tee, and it's tough to defend. Sure. They do a really good job. You know, they play a lot of smash mouth right at you. They got three big backs. Uh, the fullback is, is, is not a real tall guy, but he's probably 210, 220 pounds. The halfback's about that size, and then the, and the wing back 210 pounds or so. And, and they're big up front. They come downhill at you. They run the football with a lot of uh, uh, 
of aggression, I guess you could call it. And uh, but they're really tough, and the defense were solid too. So I, I think they're going to be a team that uh, you know played in the six A state championship game this past year, and uh, we we were right there with them at halftime, and they separated from us in week nine last year, and right. just never could close the gap on them, you know. But uh, they they got it, got the lead, and took the ball, and, and kept it away from us. What didn't allow us to get the ball back much in the second half, and I think they're going to be really tough, you know. So. Uh, but I, you know, we're we're going to be up there. We still like we we compete with a lot, a lot of those schools that I just mentioned, and uh, you know, it's just uh, where we feel like our program is right now. Uh, with what we hope to be every year, you know, and we've kind of proven that over the last seven years, and uh, hopefully this year will be another year that we can do that. Yes, sir. Well, like you said, mentioned earlier, you know, you've had you've had a uh, some. Um, a, a solid quarterback for the last three years in Garrett Brown and, and having that quarterback, having that signal caller back there that you can count on. How do you bring along a, a, a younger kid and, and one that doesn't have much experience? Well, that's what we're really struggling with right now. You know, we're bringing a guy along. we got three guys that are competing for a starting quarterback spot. One of them is out right now because he's had uh, uh, some elbow problems and he broke his thumb the other day on his non-throwing hand. Jack Wolbright, he's our junior. He's our starting JV quarterback last year and had a good season and was looking forward to, to working with him. And he did a great job of, uh, you know, listening and watching Garrett Brown as a senior last year. And Garrett did a good job of mentoring. But Jack, he's a baseball guy and he hurt his elbow a little bit playing baseball. And now he, he broke his thumb the other day, you know, seven on seven on his mm. non-throwing hand. So we got him out right now. We got two sophomores. And Hudson Chandler, who uh, was our backup quarterback in ninth grade, and Klein Hooten uh, is another sophomore. And both those guys have, have got a, got some potential, but you know, uh, getting ready for the 6A West or getting ready for the Salt Bowl to play Brian or something like that's tough on a sophomore, you know. So we've uh, we've got to get those guys ready, and we're just trying to get them a ton of reps this summer with seven on seven team camps, different things like that, you know, and daily practices, and uh, just bring them along slow and. That's our that's our game plan right now, and uh, you know it, it's working right now. We're just we're we're learning to take baby steps. You take for granted when you had a kid that is a two year, three year starter for you, and you just assume a lot of things, you know. So now we're back to the basics like we were three years ago with Garrett. You know, you bet, Coach. You see a lot of teams now uh, implementing that option, whether it be the the wing tee or, or the the flex bone. You know, Harding's done real well with the flex bone. You see teams like Sylvan Hills. And, uh, and and others around the state running that now because it's so hard to defend. But you guys, you guys spread it out a little bit, like to throw it. But you guys, you you also run the option a little bit out of the spread, don't you? We do. We do a lot. Uh, you know, the RPO has become a huge thing uh, with spread teams, and and that's kind of some things that we've done the last couple of years with, when we had Garrett Brown because a lot of people, you know, the, the old dual, the old pocket passer, everybody thought was one dimensional. Well, now you know, the RPO has made him a dual threat guy. It's just, you know, he's either going to allow the running back to run it or we're going to pull and throw it somewhere based on what the defense has done. And that's what we've done a ton of as far as you talk about option game. That's been our option game. And uh, Garrett did a tremendous job with that because I always said that Garrett was a dual threat quarterback. It was just uh, with his mind and his arm, not his leg. <laughs> you know, where, where you have a lot of run-run option guys, we were a – more of a run pass the last couple of years because Garrett was your traditional pocket passer, but he got it done, was able to read defenses and process, and if the run was there, he'd hand it off. If not, we're pulling and popping somewhere, you know, based on what the defense did. So, you know, so in theory, yes, we're running some options, you know. 
Uh, we haven't run a lot of run runoffs in the last couple of years because that's not suited for what Garrett did, you know. Right. Uh, this upcoming year, we may run a little bit more of Jack's more of a dual threat runner. He can run it a little bit, a little bit faster, elusive guy. Klein uh, Hooten, I think he's going to be a kid that's going to be able to do some stuff like that too. So, you know, you may see us run the ball a little bit more off the run run option instead of RPO stuff. Coach, you you talked about your quarterbacks a little bit. Tell us a little bit about about your other your defense. Or I'm sorry, your offensive guys and uh, what, what we can see from them. Well, I tell you what, we've got three really talented uh, skill guys back. We got our running back Casey Johnson back uh, uh, as a sophomore. He started the last half of the season due to an injury for a senior running back. Uh, ended up with about 900 yards as a sophomore. Last year, he went over a little over 1,100 yards. Our primary back uh, Casey's about 5'11", 195. Uh, and he looks good, runs tough, uh, gets downhill on you in a hurry. Uh, you know, we're looking for a huge year out of him this year. We feel like he's tough to, tough to stop. Uh, we've also got two other seniors, in case he's a senior, we've got two other seniors. Cameron Harris was an all-state receiver last year. Cameron's right at 6'3", big wingspan, about 6'6", weighs almost 200 pounds, very physical presence on the edge, catches the ball really well, tough to bring down, you know, outside. And then we've also got Andre Lane, who's a 5'10", 200-pound slot receiver for you, you know. Uh, so we've got two, three good senior skill guys back. And then our other skill guy that's really come on the spring is a junior, Donovan Pearson. Uh, last year, he's our backup, at, our, our running back for this mine, Casey. This year, we're getting him on the field, maybe in the slot a little bit, uh, in the backfield. Uh, but we've got four really talented uh, skill guys. Uh, Another another receiver that's come on, Luke. Uh, I'm sorry, Logan Owens. Uh, Logan is going to be. He's a junior, and uh, he's he's kind of a possession guy. Catches the ball well, makes some things happen for us. And then uh, we got two guys that are working our tight end, eight back position. Sophomore Peyton McNeely. Uh, Peyton was a a linebacker and a, and a quarterback in uh, junior high. You know, you see that combo a lot in junior high. And uh, he's about six two, two twenty five. Uh, not really a, a true quarterback you know but uh, that's what he played junior high because he was the best we had you know and uh but we're playing him at some tight end eight back and also some linebacker and uh i think he's going to be a big presence for us there and then we also got drake womack who's a junior who's uh drake probably 510 180 and uh does a real good job of catching the football and playing that eight back position so we got some skill guys uh we just got to get it ironed out with our with our quarterback situation and uh i think we're going to be tough on uh, on offense position coach you mentioned uh junior donovan pearson uh i grew up knowing his mother she's from mineral springs where i grew up uh he's a good baseball player too isn't he he is he plays on our high school baseball team he's a catcher and outfielder and uh we missed him a lot this year because he's in baseball but he really worked well for us came out in the mornings and worked with our our football guys and then when baseball was over he got over here man he's a great kid uh his mom's a great woman she is sweet lady uh, Yep, very nice lady, and uh, Donovan's a great kid. We're excited to have him. Last year, he had a solid sophomore year, uh, but this year we're looking for big things for him out of the junior. He's a very explosive player, and uh, we we got to get him on the field in some capacity, whether it's in the backfield, as a receiver, someplace, you know, but uh, real excited about his junior year. All right, Coach. Well, that we, we're about out of time here, but we appreciate uh, it's a great interview. Appreciate you taking the time and telling us a little bit about your football team. We wish you guys nothing but the the best success this coming year, and 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 good right. luck to you. All right, man. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You bet. Take care. Okay. Yes, sir. Bye. Oh, good job with uh, Coach Harris there. He uh, 
man, you, you, the guy's knowledgeable. You can tell he's he's he knows what he's got there. Right. Um, he, he he didn't spend a lot of time talking about last year and and the difficulties. He said, "Hey, you know, we got to move past it." Yeah. And and you know, I, I think they're uh, if the, if that quarterback play comes together not because he doesn't have the athletes but they're just seems like they're battling injuries right now right. uh but if they can if they can fill that in they're going to be another one you know you got like hamilton over there that like he said sure they're going to be one that's going to be hard to beat sure then you got greenwood who is always going to be hard to beat but benton another one who last year was a good football they, team they were right up there that's right and you know we we talked about it a little bit in the interview he's he's built that program and you can you can tell by the confidence in his voice yeah that he believes in what they're doing over there he'll get that quarterback situation right. figured out because if you go back even i would say six seven years ago he's always had a solid quarterback at benton yeah always and so even though it's a little bit of a question mark right now they'll get it figured out and they'll i, I look for them to contend I, yeah, and and one thing he was talking about the uh, the kid that broke his thumb, mm-hmm. and I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, he's a he's more of an athlete. Right. He's a, he's a, he's got the uh, the the run pass, you know, ability. With a smaller team like they have, that may really make a big difference. Sure, because he may he, you know he may be scrambling a lot. That's right. So, all right, we'll move on past Benton. Uh, you had Parkview, who finished fourth last season, uh, had a really good season. They were eight and two. With some studs on that team. Oh, my goodness. Eight and two overall, four and one in conference play, and uh, got picked off in the playoffs. Um, good ball game. I believe Sylvan got them, didn't I think they? so. Yeah, let me look here for a second. Is that the one that Sylvan won by one? Seven to zero. Oh, seven to zero. That's right, because Sylvan went like – Ten quarters without giving up a yes, point? Yes, <laughs> But to even make that exclamation point even more, they held a Parkview team that was loaded. Offensively. Loaded. Yeah. To zero points. A quarterback? Yes. That is. Tight end. Both committed t- to the both Hogs. Both committed to the Hogs. And they have a running back that's going to be a senior this year that committed to the Hogs. Yeah. I mean, they're just stacked with talent. And to hold them scoreless – it speaks to their defense over there. So, is Parkview, are they in the 6A realm? Are they the ones that are getting a lot of the the Little Rock athletes? I think so. I think yeah. so? Yeah, I think if you just look at the the, the talent level and the, and the caliber of kids that are playing at Parkview year after year, especially these last two or three years since Coach Bowling's been back, um, I think they're getting a lot of those kids. Do you think that Bryant's hurting that? I would say some. Yeah. I just just because they want to be a part of that culture. Right. But, yeah, I would say it's hurting some. Of course, you got North Little Rock right there, too. That's true, yeah. So, Parkview, uh, again, they're loaded with talent again this year. They've got some pieces to fill. Yeah. Of course, lost their quarterback, lost a a stud tight end. But they've got plenty of options. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) They're they're just going to keep producing. It's like they do in basketball. Yeah. And then you had Mountain Home, who kind of snuck up on some people last year. Coach Ryan Mallett. Yeah. Yeah, which he's moved on now. He's, Is he not there? No. I thought he was back there. I thought he he's playing in that. Yeah, he played in that uh, spring back. league. I think I think he's back okay. there. Okay, all right. Well, good deal. But, you know, Mountain Home is, is a program that Coach Airy had taken over. He'd had some great success uh, in a different state. Come to And they had been pretty bad. Yeah, they'd been down for a while. Yes. And, you know, talking to some of our uh, colleagues at, up at Mountain Home, you know, they've – 
they're they're excited about bomber I'm football. Sure. So didn't uh, they? I mean, didn't two years ago they didn't win a game? Wasn't that right? I believe that's right. Yeah. yeah. So they finished six and six overall, three and four in the conference. Uh, picked to finish six this year, but uh, that's that's some of that parity that we talked about. Mountain Home has, has stepped their game up, and they're they're not just a they're not an easy W on the schedule anymore. And they haven't been in that conference very long, I don't think. I think they moved up from five not terribly long ago. Um, I might be wrong. Yeah, on I'm that. not sure on that. And then you got Siloam coming in last year at six, four and seven on the uh, on regular season, and then two and five in conference. You know, Siloam is one of those teams that was competitive all season last year. If you look at their record, it doesn't really reflect how close some of their games were because they played some really they they played some really good football and just lost some close ones last year. Yeah. They've got a quarterback that's uh, Hunter Talley. He's a big kid. I think he's six five, uh, probably two thirty. He'll probably end up playing tight end at the next level. Just yeah. a heck of an athlete. I saw just a minute ago a kid's got like a thirty four on his ACT. <laughs> it's insane. He's a smart kid. <laughs> so uh, Siloam, he'll be back. He'll be a senior this year. So they'll be tough. They're they're picked to finish fifth in the West. Van Buren had a tough year last year, four and eight overall, one and six in conference. Uh, they'll have a senior, Connor Brady, who uh, Coop played some baseball with growing yeah. up. Uh, good athlete. He battled some injuries last year, but he'll be back to lead them. And then you got Russellville, who uh, really struggled last year, that went one and ten and zero and seven. But you know, Russellville is one of them towns that they've all—they're always going to have athletes and they're always going to compete. I mean, how long has it been since they won a state championship? It hadn't been too long ago. That's Billy Dawson. Day. That's right. Yeah, yeah, hadn't been long. Yeah, so uh, I, I believe that. Did they get a new coach this year? I want to say they did over at Russellville. Seems you know, seems like they did. I'm not sure. But anyway, that's that's kind of the the wrap up of the West uh, from last year, and, and looking forward to this year. That's awesome, man. Well, that about wraps us up. Um, you know, with the interviews, we don't get as much time to talk, which is probably good. Yeah, yeah. For the for the listeners, that's at least. right. That's right. Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks y'all for tuning in. Um, Check out the next episode of the 6A Preview, and we will talk about uh, the 6A East and have some interviews from some coaches on that side as well. So thanks for joining us. And see you next time.